Welcome to the CT Startup Podcast, your podcast for all things startup in the great state of Connecticut. We're recording live today uh, at the CTC Innovation Summit in Hartford, Connecticut Convention Center. And we have with us today uh, myself, James McLaughlin, Eric Francis, Michael Kaufman, and Dave Menard. Our conversation today is with Josie Ancy from Circle Link Health. Hi. Josie, welcome right. to the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Thank <clears throat> you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. Why don't we uh, start and you can teach us something about the company. Okay. Uh, CircleLink Health is a company that uh, improves uh, the health of chronically ill patients um, with the use of a clinical care and and call center as well as an app. And uh, at the same time, it also provides the opportunity to primary care providers or practitioners, doctors, to uh, to earn a new, a brand new Medicare reimbursement that started at the beginning of this year, and they can earn up to about three two hundred two hundred thousand dollars per doctor well, as a result of that, uh, based on you know the average number of patients that they typically see. But this is a Medicare program. Given that it's a Medicare program, um, that's basically unlocked an $18 billion plus market suddenly into the healthcare, uh, you know, massive healthcare industry. So, so what uh, specifically makes it a Medicare program? How do you fit into that? Well, Medicare decides that they're going to reimburse, uh, in this case, non-face-to-face care of chronically ill patients with, one, with two or more chronic illnesses which is about 67% of all Medicare patients mm-hmm. nationwide. And, uh, uh, and, but, but there are a bunch of requirements that the doctors have to, to undertake in order to, uh, to get this ongoing preventative monthly reimbursement. So it's for preventative care. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so this is a great market. There's also, as a result of this new kind of care, which is basically takes place on a non-face-to-face basis between office visits as opposed to in the office. And, you know, most of, most of healthcare reimbursement up to now has been for in-office care, mm-hmm. for doctors doing something with their patients either in the office or telling them to go and do something else outside of the office uh, with somebody else. Yep. So for the first time, they're reimbursing for preventative non-face-to-face care on an ongoing basis throughout the year. So what it is is a $43 per patient per month fee that the doctors can bill if they're doing this. Problem is, problem is the doctors are not used to doing this kind of stuff. Sure. The doctors don't have an infrastructure to do this. They, they don't have the time to do it. I mean, if you, if you go and visit a doctor, you know how much time you spend with a doctor. Mm-hmm. That's because that's the only way the doctor can make a living. Right. And they're under a lot of pressure. So what we've done here is decided to give them a simple turnkey solution to the CCM in, in opportunity, so to speak. And all they have to do is identify the patients that can qualify for this program and they are allowed to do it at some office visit 
which they get reimbursed for separately anyway. And then uh, they consent the patients. Uh, we then download all the patient information from the electronic medical record systems and automatically create a care plan for the patient that the doctor just needs to approve. Once that's done, we take over with our uh, clinical call center, which is full of, which is staffed with qualified people. That also, by the way, Medicare for the first time is allowing to take care of, of patients in, in this program, even though the organization doesn't have to be in the doctor's facility, mm -hmm. which is a, a very important medical rule, medical care rule. Yeah. Uh, and then also the patients have an app, have the ability to use an app. They don't have to, but they have the ability to use an app. And you notice you're talking about Medicare patients, so it's 65 plus. You know, the, the smartphone penetration at this point in time <laughs> in that population is not as high as, you know, amongst youngsters like us. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, so, uh, you know, uh, so, so basically this is, this is, totally new kind of program and what we're doing is providing a turnkey solution to the providers so that they can earn the money we take a cut of that okay a certain fee mm -hmm. and uh, the, the, the care center obviously has to be funded and so forth and so on and the doctors keep keep you know a large a large part of the money themselves for doing nothing more than consenting and approving the care plan so, so the so the care plan that's made up by th these people that are in the, the center. It's not like no, no. That's made up. It's, it's a, a care plan can only be done by the billing doctor. Okay. Approved or you said no, we, we automatically look. We take all the data from the office visits. Yeah. And populate a care plan. Okay. There, there are lots of standards of care for various chronic illnesses. So, basically, we know what typically a patient needs to do, and we and also all the instructions are in the, the, the patient summary chart in the EH in the EHR system. Yep. So we just take those instructions and populate the care plan. The doctor can then custom and customize. The doctor customizes the care plan and approves okay. it. And we don't do anything that the doctor doesn't want us to do. Basically. Okay. Very interesting. And if, that, and if that care plan changes, it can only change in the doctor's office, not right. with us. We can only alert the doctor to some changes that have occurred with the patients that will require mm -hmm. a change in the care plan, which we do through the system. And the system that we have basically automatically logs all of the care and, and the time it's taken for all of the care for the patients and, uh, make sure, and thereby ensuring that there's a record of 20 minutes of care, which is a requirement <laughs> per month per patient from Medicare. So how, how do you go about giving non-face-to-face -face care? I mean, is, is that uh, through a couple of different ways, uh, mediums, or does it have to be, you know, live interactive? Or, or well, I mean, where patients, want, where patients are comfortable with using their smartphone, uh, you, they can use the app. And the app actually is something which both tells them on a daily basis what they should be doing or what their programming is based on their care plan as well as collects information from them on whether they're doing it mm -hmm. 
and not only that, interacts with them after they've provided information in terms of a set of rule, a rules-based engine basically tells the patients, hey, you're doing well, you're not doing well, you should have been doing this, whatever. Get them on the right track. Yeah, so it's an engagement, it's an engagement system that's also a tracking system, a monitoring system, and there's also an educational tool because, you know, there's a lot that goes on in the doctor's mind that doesn't get communicated. So what, uh, what brought you to this, uh, to this solution? Okay. Uh, you're talking about me personally? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, in, a, in a previous business life, um, I had a CTO and a partner by the name of Jonathan Katz, who uh, comes out of a medical family, mm-hmm. a large medical family. And we, we sold that business in 2000. And then, you know, we went our separate ways. And around 2008, he came to me with the notion of, okay, let's try and apply mobile technology to patient care outside of the of, of doctor's office. At which, at which point it was truly a missionary, a missionary uh, objective. Uh, and we have spent the last five, six years doing massive studies for very, very uh, uh, good academic medical institutions across the country and basically learning what it's all about and suddenly Medicare saw the light as well and uh, decided to do to, to put in place a reimbursement because that's the only way they can compensate doctors with for, for this kind of preventative care and we just pivoted our product directly into into that whole space. So, so how long has Circle Health been in existence? Uh, about exactly a year. Great. I mean, we, we had a previous company which basically did clinical studies or metadiris, but, you know, that, that no longer exists. This is our heart and soul now. And so what stage are you at? Do you, is Circle Health ready to go to the market? Do you, uh... Actually, we are in the market. Fantastic. Uh, we, um, spent the first, um, the last quarter of last year, because the rule only became official in January 1. Mm-hmm. Spent the last quarter of last year, first quarter of this year, basically refining our products. Spent the second quarter of this year uh, basically uh, building a, a distribution system through uh, a national network of, uh, of resellers who know all these doctors. I mean, we're talking about targeting this, the medium to large practices. And uh, and then spent uh, and, and basically started selling in uh, July August and going from zero in, in August we now have uh, approximately twenty thousand Medicare patients contracted for through their providers. Oh, that's great! And we're probably going to be up around forty thousand mark before Thanksgiving. Wow! Wow! <clears throat> So that is hockey stick growth for you. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, but the fact is, though, you have to be careful. Not all those those Medicare patients. About sixty-seven percent of them have two or more chronic illnesses, mm-hmm. which is one of the qualifiers. And furthermore, they have to be they have to be consented, recruited based on an office visit. So if they come in for an office visit, that's the time the doctor can identify them. 
There are some organizations that we partner with that do wellness visits. And in that process, excuse me, in that process, they, they basically identify the patients that need this service. And those, those kinds of uh, practices will, will, will move quicker up the, what we call the enrollment curve. So even though we've got 20,000 patients under contract so far, guess what? We've only got about 60 patients that have been enrolled so far because most of the, most of the contracts were sold in uh, September and October. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So you, this is all for preventative health, right? It's, it's trying to keep the preventative health. So is there other kind of markets within the, the kind of the, um, the chronically ill? So the reason why I ask is that, Previous to this, is I worked at a company that did modular home additions for handicapped and disabled individuals. So long-term care um, with kind of uh, home health kind of going back to the home. So is it just chronically ill or is it, I mean, because I, I could imagine one family members, the chronically ill person may not be on the phone, but their family member might be or their... Well, um, if they have caregivers like that, yeah. those are the people that we would be the, communicating. Okay, so that is, it is with the caregiver, not necessarily oh, with yeah. the patient. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, look, it's in Medicare now. Usually, the uh, the commercial insurers follow Medicare uh, reimbursement rules within about eighteen to eighteen months to two years after Medicare has passed a rule. Okay. Or in- introduced a rule. So, so it's not just going to be Medicare people in a few years' time. It'll yeah. Probably be anybody with chronic illnesses. Okay. So now, has your company been self-funded, or have you received outside funding? Mostly, um, we have, well, two kinds of funding, friends and family, mm-hmm. obviously, and uh, also, um, we've been involved with uh, Connecticut Innovations, mm-hmm. as well as Enhanced Capital, yep. so, so that, that uh, I guess, uh, community of, of funders. Is, uh, are, have been very valuable to us. Uh, both very important uh, groups in the state of Connecticut. Uh, Enhanced Capital, uh, Liddy Carter and her organization uh, have done a lot of good. Yes. That's great. Now, again, uh, so this, uh, does this also increase the amount of time you actually interact with your doctor? Because that's, I guess, one can. of the things. It can. In it, fact, I think that's a big, big plus for the doctors because... The chances are, and if you talk to them, they will all say this will probably result in more visits over time. Because the doctors will know more about what's going on with the patients, if you think about it. So if a patient's out of control, the doctor's going to know about it. If the patient's been hospitalized, one of the, one of the, one of the functions that we have uh, is to, to track that and to let the, to let the uh, primary care physician know because they can earn more money from Medicare based on post-operative care or post-hospitalization care. Yeah, because I can also see this. I mean, I'm, I'm a younger guy, and I'm not, I'm not chronically ill or anything like that. But at the same time, I am at the stage in my life where I've had a primary care doctor for a majority of my life. I've moved away from that primary care doctor. Now looking towards a new primary care doctor, I mean, I want somebody who can spend more than that 15 minutes in, in the doctor's office with me. So, I mean, again, this is asking maybe the other markets that you may be going after, but I assume it's all based around preventative care. So even at the younger generation or the people that aren't necessarily sick and want to um, have interactions with their doctor about stuff, because take, for instance, uh, acid reflux. I had acid reflux for years, right? I go in there, 
And the first thing they do within the 15 minutes, here's the pill. And then I say, well, let's talk about my diet. And I got, I'm, she, I think my doctor got more and more mad at me because I was trying to keep her longer and longer, like trying to go through the whole thing where, I, I mean, I wanted, I want to go in there and talk to her for an hour, you know, and, and really t- kind of dive into it. So you have, to, it? you have to find the right doctor. Well, well, that's, what, that's again <laughs> bingo. But but again, if I could if I could zap him on an app and say, oh, hey, yeah. this is what's going on. Exactly. So, so I'm wondering, is that's that part like, of the program? Yeah. So the whole no- notion of connectivity and engagement is a is a two way street. Yeah. So one of the one of the rules that Medica has is you've got to provide 24 seven telephonic communication capability with mm-hmm. the doctor. Not not directly with the doctor, but the ability to reach out to your doctor on a 24-7 basis, no matter what. So that's a new, that's the new rule that's, that's coming the, out? That's the rule that's in there. That's okay. in already. And, and the other thing is that one of the requirements is also the ability to send text messaging or asynchronous messaging mm-hmm. to the doctor both ways. Yep. Okay. So, Jesse, how has your experience been getting this company off the ground here in Connecticut? Well, it's been uh, it's been it's been pretty good, I'd say. Um, you know, obviously we we work all over the country, but mm-hmm. um, we've, we've gotten a lot of support here. There's you know there are a lot of there are there are the innovation centers like the Stanford Innovation Center that you know, we could reach out to. There are the you know the angel groups around here that that we've had meetings with, uh, um, and uh, angels that have invested and. You know, one of the great, one of the great advantages of investing in companies like ourselves in this, in this community is that you know we are registered at Connecticut Innovation as a as a qualified small business, mm-hmm. and there's a tax credit, a Connecticut uh, state tax credit that uh, investors can take advantage of. So, yeah, it's pretty good. I'd say as good as any. Mm-hmm. I mean, we also know what's going on in New York and New Jersey. And, sure. Uh, well, I mean, one of the problems... That's a lot more competitive. You know, well, one of the problems Connecticut faces is that uh, its ecosystem is spread out. We're not as centralized as a Boston or New York or a Silicon Valley. We have these three major, four major cities along the long highway um, and universities spread out there. But uh, and the system is, isn't as robust. But I, it seems to us that, that there's been development in the system over the past few years and more people are getting involved and more active. This event is one of those. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Things. It's tough for Connecticut because if you're so, you know, you're so close to New York, you're so close to Boston, and guess where all the young shop spots yeah. want to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I'd say that's probably one of the biggest problems is, is talent. It's getting, it's getting the right uh, software talent, engineering talent. I was actually just going to ask. So so you'd see software developers are definitely more needed in this area. Yes. There's a, there's a couple of programs out there. Um, Derek Koch with A100 is, uh, has launched a program that, that helps um, take software, young software developers and companies and have them work together on a single project to help them develop skills and, and develop things. But, the, you know, I'm glad to see there are people out there trying to solve that, that issue. But uh, it does, that's good to know. Um, it's important. So, what's the goal for uh, 2016? I mean, what, what, what do you, how well, many, have, how many uh, users are you trying to have? We, we, our goal is to be up to um, something like a thousand enrolled by first quarter. Um, 
at which point you know we some 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 funding opportunities open up to us mm-hmm. and then by the end of the year uh 2016 to have about 4000 on there which would give us a run rate of about but sometime during 16 to have a, a a run rate of about 100000 a month which uh, which which uh, you know puts us in a great position to get some some real a round fund funding yeah that, that that's sort of our primary goal Nice. From a business point of view. Yeah. So, can you describe a little bit the reseller channel that uh, that you sell into? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that uh, this is uh, you know, your 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 product is, is one of several that they offer to, to the end users there. Um, and so, you know, what what kind of resellers uh, do you, are typically open uh, or have you had success with? And, and and how how central is kind of the selling into the channel to uh, the Circle Links business? Uh, you know, we, we 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 thought about a direct sales force because you know it's not a simple product and all that. You know, so, so your tendency is to say, well, you know, you got to train people, and you, but the fact of the matter is that there's only one way to get to all of the practices that are out there in this country, and that is to go to the people who are dealing with them every day, and these people have relationships with the doctors. You know, they've got other products that are currently working with with the doctors in terms of software systems, etc., etc. So they have the doctors' trust in that sense, and they're very, very, they're very, very concerned about that. You know, in terms of working with anybody, and 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 as a result, they they're actually a pretty good, uh, they're actually a good, a pretty good thermometer for you know whether the product. Is, is, is right or wrong because they know what the doctors want and they know what to turn them on and turn them off uh, and you know we, we've done this we've, we've built this 300 plus people so far in the last three months four months without any marketing okay. and that says something about the, um, the excitement that's in the marketplace for this reimbursement and it's a very simple reason Medicare doesn't do something like this that often. Right, right. Well, that's certainly a, a good indication that uh, you're on the right track there. Yeah. So, Josie, um, what is from this experience and all your past experiences uh, working with companies? What are some tips that you'd pass on to young entrepreneurs trying to make a name for themselves in this market? Um. Well, I would say. Uh, I mean, you're talking about entrepreneurship in general now, or not? Yeah, the pretty broad question. Pretty broad. <laughs> yeah. A lot of patience. <laughs> Hang in there, uh-huh. uh, and make sure that you've got the wherewithal to do what you want to do. Uh, be very, very frugal. Uh, don't eat if you don't have to. <laughs> Why do you think I come to these events so I get a, so I get a meal out of it? You know. Oh, that's great. Guys, any other questions for Josie? Well, when you get it, when you get uh, it out to the uh, younger generation for preventive health, I'll I'll be one of your guys to, to okay, sign up right. because that's because uh, I want I want to talk to my doctor all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to get real annoying with them. So they are gonna love that. I was gonna yeah, say exactly. he's your worst client. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
He's like a 600-minute patient. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. The, the, the call center has him on a special line. Right. Press that button. Yeah. <laughs> press not, that button. not this kid again. He just wants to know what yeah. to eat. Well, they could just loop you into a tape that just yeah. repeatedly yeah. has wow. a doctor going, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, they'll always give you to the new person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be training. Uh, well, th- Josie, thank you very much for coming oh, by. Thanks, man. It's, it's been fun. It's a fascinating product, and I, and I really hope that uh, you'll come by and give us an update someday. Super. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Very good. You've just listened to the CT Startup Podcast. You can find us on iTunes or check out our webpage at ctstartup.com where you can find all our social media links. And please, please leave us your feedback. Special thanks to our production team, Kate Rupart, Dylan Gilliatt, and Kevin Dobis, as well as our equipment and marketing sponsor, Martha Kawana, LLP.